Hi guys, welcome to Made It Happen Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hayflin. Made It Happen Podcast is a series highlighting young female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with young female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who've experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. So I just want to start us off by saying thank you so much for joining me here today. And I'm really excited to hear all about the gist and how it all got started. Yeah, thanks so much for having me and likewise. Yes, of course. So can we just start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company? For sure. So my name's Ellen and I'm one of the co-founders and head of content and HR at The Gist. And The Gist is a sports media startup that's all about leveling the playing field. Uh, so we have a free twice-weekly newsletter that gives you the gist of everything that's going on in sports in less than five minutes and in a really a reverent and authentic female voice that you can subscribe to at our website, which is thegistsports.com. We have daily social media that you can get the gist in between Monday and Thursday of everything that's going on and stay in touch with everything that's super fun from the athlete world um, on social. We have a weekly podcast that I actually host with our co-host Stephanie Rotz and it's called The Gist of It. And within 25 minutes, we'll give you the update that you need to know on sports, answer questions from our audience, talk about the intersections of pop culture and sport, race and sport, gender and sport. It's super fun. And we recently launched that in February. And then finally, as I mentioned beforehand, we do have a website and on our website, we have guides, glossaries, FAQs, deep dives and all of that sort of stuff on all different types of sports. So let's say that you're new at a sport or you're new at how a certain event is organized. You could pop on over to our website and learn, for example, how the WNBA restart is going and how it's different from a regular season. Um, so that's kind of the just in the nutshell. And, and really the reason why we started it is because after four years of working in the corporate world in Toronto, we just really noticed how sports is such a connector and it can really unite people like nothing else. But we also noticed how often women as well as casual sports fans and people who didn't necessarily fit that avid sports fan mold were left out of the conversation and didn't have access to the social currency that sports brought. And so we really wanted to fill that gap and provide something for them because we feel strongly that sports are for everyone and for every type of sports fan. So we really pride ourselves on being that witty sports obsessed girlfriend that you can trust to get you up to date on sports um, in, a, in a really accessible way. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I, I love um, like the messaging behind the gist and sort of what it stands for. And so I'm really curious to hear about, you know, how did the idea first come up um, and how did the company actually sort of get started in the beginning? Yeah, so this is a bit of a fun one. It was back in 2017 and my two co-founders, JC DeGoo, Roslyn McClarty and I were over at Roslyn's apartment having some 
takeout and white wine. We were friends and would hang out pretty um, consistently, but I'd recently at that point torn my ACL, so I couldn't walk um, toward playing soccer actually with Roslyn. And so we decided just to get together for dinner instead. And for my entire life, I've been a super massive and avid sports fan. It's just been something that I've always been super passionate about. And while I was having dinner with JC and Roslyn, I just started kind of going off about the Toronto Maple Leafs and the game that they had won the night before and why it was such a big deal that 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 they won that game. Um, And really at that time, it had put them into playoff contention and actually into the playoffs, which hadn't happened in years for the Leafs. And so we had just kind of had that conversation. JC and Rosalind were super engaged and they kind of mentioned, you know, Ellen, this is so fun hearing about sports from you. I never have time to pay attention to what's happening on sports center or on Sportsnet, but this is really great. And I kind of said, yeah, you know, my, my friends, guys or girls, they'll text me all the time just about, you know, what's happening tonight. I'm taking a client out to the game or people will message me like, who should I select for my fantasy or in my, hockey pool, what have you. And a light bulb kind of went off as, you know, if if so many people are messaging me and reaching out saying, hey, could you help me with sports with this and that? And Rosalind and JC just had a really cool experience where they were actually engaged in a sports conversation and interested in a sports conversation, which they didn't always feel like, um, mostly because, you know, they grew up playing sports, but it never translated to that hardcore fandom, mostly because the sports world never made it feel like it was for them. And so we kind of thought, okay, maybe there's a way that we could scale the experience that JC and Rosalind had that Thursday night to so many other people who could potentially be feeling this way. Yeah, definitely. No, I, and I love that story. Um, I think that's amazing how that it all got started from that one night. And then it's definitely expanded a lot since then. And um, I know it actually started as a side hustle and then sort of became full time for the three of you. When did you know it was sort of at that point to take it full time? Yes, the side hustle was definitely real. All three of us were working decently demanding jobs and doing it on the side. We had kind of been preparing for the gist to launch from that night in February all the way to our soft launch in Toronto in December of 2017. Um, that was mostly just friends and family. So we, we prepared everything, all doing it side hustle, officially launched. Um, with friends and family and from there we just started seeing really great feedback we started seeing really great organic growth we grew really quickly we were noticing that a lot of brands were wanting to work with us especially in Toronto and actually one of our gisters which is what we call our community one of our gisters messaged us one night and she was a Ryerson student And she heard from Ryerson that the DMZ, which is the number one university-based incubator, as well as Facebook and the Facebook Journalism Project were hosting uh, basically a a competition to find the next kind of media startups across Canada to take place in, sorry, to take part in their incubator. And so we were like, oh my gosh, we need to apply to this. And we worked our butts off on our application in our initial deck um, got into the top 10 kind of applicants and kind of had to do a dragon's den kind of shark tank pitch to a bunch of entrepreneurs in Canada 
and we were selected as one of five people or sorry one of five teams across Canada to take place and to take part in this incubator and so with the incubator what came with it was 100k in non-dilutive funding from Facebook which is just absolutely unheard of having it be non-dilutive 50k in Facebook ad credits as well as free office space to work out of for six months and mentors so it was kind of like a dream come true and we decided before we applied, we said, if we get into this, we're going to quit our jobs. And so we got in and we quit our jobs and we haven't looked back since then. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and so how, I guess, how far along were you, sorry, in with the gist when that sort of all took place? Yeah. So I guess we started at the DMZ in May of 2018. So we had been side hustling for about a year and three months, we had only been officially launched though for about four or five months before we got accepted into that. And still, when I say officially launched, very much, you know, soft launch, just in Toronto, just friends and family, uh, didn't have a lot of money going into it at that point. Wow. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And then, so I guess when you first started, you had mentioned, you know, a lot of it was organic growth. Was there sort of any other ways that you had marketed your business either in the beginning and even, you know, now, how, how has that evolved over time? Yes, it's evolved a lot over time. We probably change our marketing and our wording once every couple of months, just based off of the feedback that we get from our gisters. Specifically at the beginning, we thought that, you know, we were just going to be mostly targeted toward women um, and we're still a completely female team. All of the content is written by women. Um, but what we've realized is that the appetite for the gist is just so much more beyond that. And that no matter what type of sports fan you are, no matter who you are, you could always use something like the gist to get you in the know really quickly, to have a different voice in the sports landscape that's a little bit more fun, but also is female. And a big thing that the gist provides is that we talk about men's sports and women's sports in the same spot. So the same time you can get your NBA news, you can get your WNBA news or your gymnastics news. So that's been a major thing that has changed is that we're not just by women for women. We are by women and for everyone because again, sports should be for everyone. Um, in terms of actual tactics at the beginning, like if, if some of your audience or people listening are starting something new, I think the, a really big thing and amazing thing that JC did at the beginning was really work with companies who had the target market that we wanted to be working with and show them the value and the gist and kind of betting on us early and what we could provide. So she did a really awesome job in connecting with the folks at Lululemon, with people at SoulCycle, um, with all of those different kind of major companies, but at their local scale to figure out different types of ways where you could almost barter with them in order to encourage people to share the gist. So she had done something with SoulCycle where if you shared the gist with over three friends within a one to two week time period, then you got two free weeks at SoulCycle. So those types of things is what we did when we, when we really didn't have any money um, and we're still learning about Facebook ads and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I think, a really important factor. And, you know, it was very smart to, you know, strategically have those partnerships early on and it's definitely, you know, helped you get to where it is today. And then was there any sort of big chat? Well, I'm sure there's a couple, but if 
there is sort of one big challenge that you've had to overcome um, with your company since it had been started. What would that have been and you know, how did you overcome this challenge? That's a good question. I'm trying to think of one big challenge because we have a lot, but they're all fun. <laughs> I, think, um, I think one big challenge for us um, is that as much as, you know, we are a media company and we have a lot of tech, none of us had media experience and none of us had technology experience. So it was a huge learning curve for us and that we needed to meet a lot of people, network with a lot of people, learn about media, learn about how to talk to an audience, learn the technology side of things, hire people that knew way more than us. And so I think that was a big challenge, but I also think that's why the gist has been so successful is almost because we haven't been trained on the media side of things. So we can kind of say like, okay, what are people actually talking about in the office? What do people actually care about from a game? Do people actually care about what some of these random sports reporters and sideline reporters are saying? Sometimes yes, but arguably for casual fans, no. So I think that it was, it was a gap for us at the beginning, especially as we're trying to validate ourselves as to why we are the right people to start something. But at the same time, because we were the ones that experienced the problems themselves and because far and away we represented our own target market, it was also a super massive value prop for us too. Yeah, definitely. No, and I absolutely agree. And I really you know, love how you sort of framed it and how that actually is what benefited your company and made it what it is today. And then I guess on the other side of that, has there been sort of one big, I guess, monumental highlight or moment that stands out to you um, throughout your journey with the company? Ooh, I mean, I think that the monumental highlight was getting into the DMZ and Facebook journalism project. That was so huge for us. I remember getting the email on a Friday at I think 4.45 as I, as I was working at my old job saying that we had got in. It was about to be the long weekend, Easter weekend. I was training home for my mom's retirement party. And I just remember being so happy and calling JC and Rosalind over and over again, trying to get them on the phone. Rosalind was on another work trip. JC was in a meeting just seeing my calls come up. So she was like, oh my gosh, did we either not get it or did we get it? Kind of freaking out. And then getting to tell all of our friends and family because they knew if we got into this that we were done with our corporate jobs. Um, that was super, super exciting to us. And definitely something I won't forget. And then there's a lot along the way. Like I think, you know, our first 1000 subscribers, that was super cool when we were sending it out to a thousand. Now, you know, we're over a hundred thousand and we're like, Oh my gosh, that was super cool. It was a really big highlight. And then, you know, the first company that paid us to do something that was super cool. Going on TV for the first time was really cool. Um, and then we also were part of another incubator called Techstars. Um, and we did that with Comcast, NBC, Universal out of Philadelphia. So we moved to Philadelphia for three and a half months last summer. And we launched in the US when we were there. So that was pretty monumental too. Um, so I guess there's been a lot of things, but, but definitely just, you know, getting into that first one and validating our idea was, was really cool. Yeah, definitely. No, there's definitely been a lot of, you know, highlights for your um, business and for yourselves um, throughout the way. And also, like, congratulations on being named one of Forbes top 30 under 30 as well. 
Um, I'm sure that was a big moment and sort of what was that like for you, um, you know, finding out that news and just anything with that? Oh, yeah, we were completely surprised and shocked. We had no idea that we were going to get that. Forbes kind of sends out a bunch of surveys to a bunch of different people with a 30 under 30 or 40 under 40 list. And you fill it out and you're just kind of like, oh, we might get it. We might not. They didn't love the fact that we kind of said we need to be all on this together. It's not just going to be one of us who's on it and the other two aren't. We've built the gist together. And so if we're on it, it's all three of us. And so because we said that, we just thought that there was no chance that they were going to put us on it. And then they didn't tell us before the list came out. So when everyone else saw the list, we saw the list for the first time too. And we were all in separate places. And I was actually heading out to Philadelphia for a work event that day. And we all got the news and we were like, what the heck? Um, So that was super exciting and really cool uh, and, and definitely unexpected. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And yeah, congratulations again. I'm sure that was a was a big moment. Um, And then I guess, so your business is, you know, it's all focused on, well, I guess you said it's majority of the women that work there and it's by women, but for everyone, what's something you'd like to sort of see happen in the sports world? I know that, you know, a lot of the reason you guys had started was because it is a male dominated sort of industry with the media, with sports and stuff, what sort of would be your future and goal um, for this industry? Oh man, this industry is pretty backwards. There's so much that needs to happen on the sports side to give some background right now. Only 14% of sports journalists are women, less than 4% of sports media coverage is on female athletes. Female athletes receive less than 1% of all sports endorsement money. Uh, Within the major leagues, less than 7% of women are in the C-suite. And so there's just no representation of women in sports because sports has always, for whatever reason, made it feel like it's a guy's thing. And I think that that plays like a huge trickle-down effect to how, at an individual fan level, how women and casual fans can feel. Um, I know myself growing up as a super avid sports fan, even now running the gist, having, you know, our own company running all the content, I'll still get questions, but do you really know sports? I'll never forget at the, at this conference, I said, Oh yeah. You know, at that point I was still writing the newsletters. We didn't have a team writing the newsletters and, um, the guy was totally subscribed to the gist. He said that he loved the gist. And then he still asked me, do you really know sports? And I was so frustrated. And I actually said back to him, I said, would you have said that to me if my name was Alan and not Ellen? And it was kind of for him a light bulb moment of like, holy shit, I just completely fell into the biases of how women might be perceived about sports. And I just think that that's totally upside down. And so I really think that for us, it's about changing the culture of sports for the fan and for our gisters. We want our gisters to feel totally comfortable talking about sports. We want them to be proud that they're interested in sports and not having to hide it. We want them to bring up really cool things. We want, you know, if maybe they're not interested in one sport, maybe the gist will help them gain that interest or through reading the gist, they'll hear about another sport and get into it and be confident and proud no matter what type of sports fan they are. 
Um, and for our avid male sports fans that are, that are also gisters, hopefully they're learning a lot about women's sports and they're also learning a lot about what it means to be in an inclusive community of sports as opposed to an exclusive one. Yeah, definitely. I, I absolutely agree. And I, like I said, I love the messaging, you know, behind your brand. And I think it really is making an impact on that industry because I mean, even those statistics that you had given is still shocking. And so I guess with that, you had said, you know, you played sports um, all throughout your life and you've always been interested in them. What piece of advice would you give to maybe a younger girl who's in sports right now? You know, there's also the statistics on how many girls drop out of sports as they get older and everything. Um, what piece of advice would you give to someone, I guess, in that demographic? I love that question. I think um, that's such an important thing to bring up. So yeah, young girls around the 13 and 14 age drop out of organized sports at double the rate of boys. And a lot of that is kind of because their lack of role models, their lack of female coaches, how sports can sometimes not be the most social thing and other things are more social. Um, but the biggest thing I think that sports has brought me, you know, is friendship um the people have always been amazing i've learned so much throughout sports with respect to leadership communication how you treat people how you do uh or how you manage like super high stress situations um how you analyze different things that would go on in a soccer game is super similar to how you'd analyze different things going on in business um the majority of women who hold c-suite positions played organized sports, if not very high level competitive sports growing up. So there's a lot of studies that have kind of shown that the more that you play sports growing up, that success follows you throughout the rest of your life. And so I just think as, as long as you're having fun and it's putting a smile on your face, um, you know, kind of block out any other noise and just keep on, keep on doing you because, because it's working. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really great piece of advice. And I also think you touched on a really great point there too, was with role models. And, you know, there definitely is a lot more um, female role models coming in the sports world and even the business world. Do you have sort of one or two people that you really look up to in either of these industries? Yes, I really like Doris Burke. And I feel like so many people would say that. So she is an MBA analyst and reporter and just an icon on the sports reporting side of things. Um, and the reason why I like Doris so much is because she is just so unequivocally herself. There's a lot of pressure when you're in the sports world, especially as a woman to get plastic surgery, get Botox, to get whatever done so that you could be on TV. And the same thing is not expected from men. And Doris has kind of come out and said, that's BS. I'm going to age the exact same way as my male counterparts and that's totally fine. And I'm going to go out there and do it. And I just love the way that she story tells too. She just has a really cool way of pulling out such amazing facts in a way that so many other people just, just can't. So she would be who, who I really look to from a sports reporting perspective. Um, and then otherwise I think that there's a lot of really cool, sports startups that are doing it right. Um, I kind of look at overtime a lot. One of our buddies works for overtime as well. And I pick his brain all the time about their strategy. Their company is super cool. And they seem to be always on the forefront about how to 
engage in different ways with your audience and how to really create a relationship with your audience and know your target market super well. Um, so that's a company that we like to always keep an eye on and learn from. Yeah, those are definitely some really, really great examples. And I love that, you know, you brought those up. And then I guess in terms of also running a business, if you could look back um, to the sort of beginnings of when it all started, or even if you just had advice for someone who was looking to start their own business, um, what would that piece of advice be? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess advice wise, I mean, there's, there's so much that we could have done and said, or that, you know, we didn't, didn't do whatever. Um, I think that there's a few key things. I, I think the first thing is, um, go into business with people who you love and trust and who have complementary skills to you. I feel super lucky and so fortunate to have Rosalind and JC as my co-founders without the three of us doing it all together and being on the same page and challenging each other and supporting each other and pushing each other we would not be as successful as we are right now and hopefully will be in the future um it just would not have happened with a one woman show and it definitely would have happened if it was other people either so i think choosing your co-founders is super important and i would also strongly encourage a co-founder um being an entrepreneur and being in a startup can be super lonely experience because no one else is really going through the same thing as much as you can talk to your friends about business it's completely different so it's it's really great to have a team who just totally gets what you're going through so that would be one thing and then the second thing is is that you know it can get super intense and people are going to pick at your idea um, some of it for the better and they'll make your idea so much better and your product better. Some of it, you just need to stick to your guns and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. Um, but in order to do all that and to put in the time, you do have to be super passionate about what you're doing. Um, it can't just be, you hope to learn from it or you hope to earn money from it at the end. Um, that's what, it, that's what people get from just regular jobs. So finding something that you're passionate about, um, that really, grinds your gears, keeps you moving, um, it is really important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. And I think those are two really great pieces of advice for anyone that's looking to start a business. And then is there any sort of future plans um, that you have coming up for the gist that you'd like to share? Oh, future plans, fun. Um, you know, take over the world though. I'm just kidding. Um, we, 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 it, I mean, it's been a super interesting year for us because sports just haven't been on for so long with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, the majority of the way we earn revenue is through advertising, which has actually been awesome for us because so many people are moving away from traditional and looking for ways to engage digitally, which has been great. Um, but I think what you can look for from the just in the future is, continued regional expansion. So of that twice weekly newsletter that I was talking about earlier, we actually have regionalized it based off of your location. So if you're in LA, New York, Philly, Boston, Toronto, um, or Ottawa, you can get specific coverage for the teams in your city. So that's been really cool and we'll continue to expand across North America within the next 12 months. Also look out for us to lean in a little bit more into podcasting. 
I think that we have one podcast right now and we've had a lot of fun with it. And I think that there's room for us to produce other podcasts with different hosts and with different themes. So that will be a big project for us next year. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, seeing all of those future plans and, you know, the company's definitely thriving and um, definitely all together, you guys are definitely a big role model to myself. And I know a lot of other people um, in the industry, I'm sure. So thank you so much for, you know, sharing all of those great pieces of advice and, you know, sharing how, how the gist got to where it is today. And yeah, just thank you so much. Yeah, of course. And thanks for having me on and congrats with your success with the podcast so far. It's exciting. Thank you. And do you want to just share again um, where they can find the gist online? Yes. So you can check us our check us out on our website, thegistsports.com. So it's the G-I-S-T sports.com. And on Instagram, we are at thegistnews.ca or at thegistusa. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.